Get ready. You're tuned in to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea, bringing you the hottest trending topics on social media. Stay connected. Instagram.com slash Lovely Tea 2002. Hey, you guys. I hope you guys are doing good today. Welcome to Tea Time Unfiltered with your girl, Lovely Tea. Anyways, you guys, so I want to go ahead and do an update on the whole 6ix9ine situation. You know, I keep my ear to the streets, honey. And so what's been going on ever since 6ix9ine dropped Gooba this past Friday? Not only did he break Instagram records by, you know, getting 2 million viewers to view his live stream, which I just felt was utter, which I just felt was complete and utter BS, Okay. He played victim, took no personal responsibility as if he wasn't green lighting hits and, you know, trying to perpetuate, you know, just just the culture to young black and brown kids. OK, so on top of that, on top of his, you know, him breaking IG records, he has also broken YouTube records. OK, this is the craziest part. The song Gooba broke YouTube's record for the biggest 24 hour debut in hip hop. At this point, the song has damn near a billion views or some shit, honey. I don't know. I ain't been back because I don't like the song. But he broke records. The previous record was held by Eminem for his Machine Gun Kelly diss song called Kill Shot. And now it's being held by um, 6 9 So, of course, it's causing a lot of controversy at this time. You know, people are upset. People feel like, you know what? Why are we giving this dude so much attention? This is ridiculous. And, of course, 6 9 is loving it, honey. Once he broke records, he ran to Instagram. He was posting pictures with money in a, you know, in a cute little toy coys outfit with rainbow-colored shoes. Honey, he was stunting, okay? But what I found really funny... Is that soon after he posted that picture that got 5 million likes and over 400,000 comments, he was spotted by a young white girl in the damn Hamptons, okay? The young white girl done called his ass out, basically told the world, hey, I live in the Hamptons and 6ix9ine is my neighbor and I'm watching him fucking pose for the gram. I want y'all to go ahead and check out this video with this little white girl. Check this out and I'm going to come back with the rest of my commentary. So I'm in my fucking room. 6ix9ine is literally... He moves into the house behind me. He's taking pictures on the back. So y'all just saw and heard, for the people on the podcast, what the girl said. So once she posted that, 6 9 literally had to call the government and beg them, could he move? Because he doesn't have security. Okay, he does, He's not under witness protection. He's no Sammy the Bull Gravano, you know, the first time. He didn't go into witness protection. He's just basically paying for his own security, not the government security. So he had to call, check him with his PO and everybody, and told them what happened. You know, somebody ratted him out. Somebody snitched on him. Oh, the irony. The irony that 6 9 fans are attacking the white girl, calling her a snitch. But you guys are idolizing the snitch that got all them folks locked up. The irony, okay? That, that's not lost on me at all. So 6 9 had to abruptly move. So he moved this weekend. And as of yesterday, he decided to post something. And he posted a picture on Instagram. And he says, stop playing with me. Who made this? And basically, it's a picture of 6 9 pointing. It's a cartoon image. And there's a Fed cartoon. There's a police officer taking down notes. And 6 9 is pointing. So, again, he's still taking this as a joke. He's trying to act like he's unbothered. He can have all the little rat emojis in his music videos. But this man is bothered. If he was about that life, 
he wouldn't have moved out of his home in less than a few hours after he was spotted by by his neighbor. Okay, so six nine is trying to put on a persona that he's tough. He don't care. Oh, um, I snitch. He's trying to embrace this snitch culture. But my thing is this. This is what I want to remind young people. Okay. He may be winning right now because he has all this money. He do. He's rich. You know, he got millions of dollars and chains and stuff. He has a notoriety and the fame. But is that worth your peace of mind? The fact that within a few hours of his location being exposed, he had to move. Imagine he, all the money that he's making, he can only enjoy it on his fucking balcony. He can only enjoy it in the comfort of his big home. He can't just walk around like me and you. I would take peace of mind over all types of money and fame any damn day. That man can't even enjoy all his cars that he has. He can't even enjoy going out to the BET Awards or the Grammys or whatever with all his jewelry without being scared. Is this going to be my last day on earth? Because people are itching for him. Rather, he wants to admit it or not. He can try and personify and make it seem like this whole snitch thing is cool and he did what he had to do. But at the end of the day, he knows the streets never forget. That's why his ass upped in less than a few hours of being spotted in the Hamptons. You know, so this whole situation is very interesting. And what I'm finding very interesting is how, you know, the public the industry is handling this. Now, with the whole Meek Mill situation, now I did clown him, honey, in my live stream. I had to because Meek was doing too much. My thing is this. If you're going to speak on a situation as serious as this and you're from the streets and you understand the consequences and you're trying to do better and you're trying to be about prison reform, then at that point, you need to speak in an articulate manner. You need to write your thoughts out articulately and not have a bunch of jumbled thoughts that you're just tweeting on Twitter that make no sense. And that was my issue with Meek. He was making some points, but because he just wasn't making any sense because he was so angry, it came off like a joke, okay? But I'll give Meek his props. He's been keeping his foot on 6 9s neck, okay? Even though the baby's born and he should be focusing on the baby, he's still a part of hip-hop. So, of course, 6 9 is still trolling and sending shots, so what happened is that the Shade Room had posted some chart numbers and they said 6ix9ine is breaking records. Gooba amassed 43.5 million views on YouTube within its first 24 hours. Largest number for a hip hop video ever. Um, Eminem's kill shot is in second place. Then they go on to say 66.7 million views total now. Number one on Apple Music. Number one on Deezer. Number two on iTunes. So then 6ix9ine comes to the comment section and he says, somebody check on Meek, see if he's okay. So once again, still being messy. So of course Meek sees that and then Meek responds. He says, we control the culture and I'm going to set an example. Then he goes on to say, the internet got a witness in witness protection living in a townhome that can't even come out saying, check on me. I'm helping free people. You putting family members behind bars. I got to crush you for the culture, you chump. How you sleep at night, LOL. So that was Meek Mill's response to him. Now, what I find very funny, if y'all don't know this, um, Elliot, who works for Title, okay, he was promoting 6 9 And Meek Mill and Snoop Dogg, okay, Uncle Snoop, 
crawled Elliot's ass out. Because at this point, we got to start holding. We got to start holding a lot of these record execs and labels and, you know, streaming platforms culpable for all the promotion that they're doing of 6 9 especially when he's not of the culture that these same people are eating off of. So this is what went down on um, Instagram. Elliot Wilson, he posted a, um, a picture of 6 9 song, Gooba. And so Meat Mill came on there and he basically said, Dirkio, who is Little Dirk, um, he dropped today and he's the streets. Come on, Elliot, post Dirk shit, fire. No post from Dirk on a hip hop page, but this, you the OG, Elliot. So a lot of people agreed with him. Like, you know, that's not cool. Like Little Dirk, I feel bad for Dirk. And I feel bad for him because he's been working hard on this album. He finally drops it and literally it just got ignored because 6 9 is, you know, hate him or love him. He's the king of promo. He understands how to garner attention. And it's about attention nowadays. It's not even about the music. So after that, Snoop Dogg came into the comment section. He says, they got to stop pushing this rap. All these media outlets making snitching cool. I'm old school. Fuck 6 9 and everybody pushing his line right now. All New York gangsters feel me on this. And if you don't, fuck you too. At Meek Mill, if you allow sucker shit, then you a sucker. Love you cuz. Stay sucker free. So that is what Snoop Dogg says. And so, you know, and then other people came on there and were like, you know, you need to delete this. And, you know, cause a lot of controversy. Once they blasted him. Now, Title did end up posting um, Dirk's stuff, but they just posted it yesterday. Dirk's album's been out for a few days now. So, again, like I said before, hip hop is not what it is anymore. It's a joke. And we have to blame hip hop for that. Hip hop allowed people to infiltrate, make money, and nobody held them accountable. You know, so I'm glad that they're speaking out, but they're speaking out in the comment section. I've always felt from day one that 6ix9ine was a plant. I've said this from day one. If you guys don't know the history of 6ix9ine, when 6ix9ine first came out, he was a crip. Remember, him and the game were beefing almost two years ago, and the game called him out. The game says you went from being a rapist in 2016 to trying to be a crip in 2017 to running the bloods in New York in 2018 and actually got niggas co-signing this fucking weirdo. New York cannot be down with this fuckery. It's a misrepresentation of what NY really is. L.A. niggas ain't tolerating no disrespect, period. Not the city, the culture or either sides of the flag. So that's what, you know, the game was writing. And I remember going and looking at old videos and you could see 6ix9ine. He was a crit back then wearing all blue and everything else. So for these bloods to take him in, it just says a lot about people that people will literally throw all common sense out the window. Y'all put a dude who's not about that life. He's put in no work into the hood and y'all made him the face of your movement. And now all the OGs are sitting in jail because of 6ix9ine. This kid, who is a living embodiment of Pan, was nothing more than an agent of chaos. Remember, not only was he greenlighting trying to kill other black men in the music industry, like, you know, Dirk's friend, Chief Keefe, and many others, but he was literally trying to start a war between the Bloods. 
Remember, he's rolling with the Bloods in New York on the East Coast. But then he started beefing with the game. He started beefing with YG. He was going to Cali, stirring up a bunch of shit. This dude is the living embodiment of Pan. He is an agent of chaos. And the fact that people are still supporting him, liking his posts, commenting on his Instagram, you know, looking for attention. That's all it is. Not even that they're fans. They're just hoping to have their comments seen. You know what I'm saying? On his page, because what he represents right now, which is he's hot, he's burning up the charts. So if I can attach my brand and my blue check mark to him, I'm going to be in his comment section all day. You know, it's really sad that this is where hip hop has gone. It's really sad that this is where music has gone. Music is a joke right now. All right, you guys, we're going to go ahead and take a quick commercial break. So today's show is sponsored by EveryPlate.com. And EveryPlate is a meal delivery service program. And it's one of the best ones out there. One of the things that I love about EveryPlate is that basically all of these dishes take less than 30 minutes to make. There's step-by-step instructions. And on top of that, you never have to worry about buying more ingredients than you actually need because every plate's recipes, they come already pre-measured. Now, at first, I was kind of skeptical when I first, you know, joined every plate. But since then, I really like it. Their meals are healthy. They're easy to prepare. You know, my son has made meals using every plate as well. And one of the best things that I like about it is the fact that it's 58% cheaper than other major meal kits out there. So you're going to save money and eat great. To learn more about every plate, make sure you go on to everyplate.com, check out their website, and feel free to join. You will not regret it. So thank you to everyplate.com for sponsoring this podcast. Now back to the show. And I remember a few years ago, Beyonce did an interview. She doesn't interview much, okay? But she did an interview, and she made a really, really good point where she spoke about how, you know, the industry is not the same anymore. It's like people don't care about real stuff. They don't care about real music. They don't care about albums. It's just about attention. People don't make albums anymore. They don't make albums. They just try to sell a bunch of little quick singles and they burn out and they put out a new one and they burn out and they put out a new one. People don't even listen to a body of work anymore. I think people are so brainwashed. You get up in the morning, you click on the computer, you see all these pictures and it's uh, all you think of is the picture and the image that you see all day, every day. And you don't see the human form. And I, I think when Nina Simone put out music, you loved her voice. That's what she wanted you to love. That's what That was her instrument. But you didn't get brainwashed by her day-to-day life and what her child is wearing and who she's dating and, you know, all the things that really, it's not your business, you know? And it shouldn't influence the way you listen to the voice and the art. Beyonce spoke nothing but the truth here. And she said this years ago, And we've gotten to the point now where I see some people bragging, oh, you know, he's number one on the billboard, number one on iTunes. It doesn't even matter anymore. It does not have the same feeling as it did back in the day when I grew up because we physically went out. We bought and paid for albums. We supported our artists. We didn't care what their kids, you know, wore. We didn't care what they ate for dinner. It was about the music. And it's no longer about that. A song can be released today and within two weeks is forgotten about. There's so much disposable music being made nowadays, it's sad. The trash that's being made and being promoted. Being number one on the billboards, breaking records, has lost so much value because of how easy it can be replaced by another forgettable song. 
in less than two weeks. There isn't any real emotion. There's really no connection being created. There's no classic music. It's just a bunch of social media memes, dances, and damn distractions. You know, it's to the point now where people are promoting mixtapes more than albums. And the sad part is, if the mixtape does good, they want all the praises. Oh, my mixtape was hot. My mixtape was this shit. I'm a savage. And what's so funny is that those so-called mixtapes, a lot of them were initially supposed to be albums. But as soon as those albums don't do so well, now they're a mixtape. So it's almost like there's no consistency. Nobody's being held accountable for anything. Just things just blow with the wind. If the mixtape flops, oh, it's just a mixtape. No accountability. It was just for fun. But if the mixtape does good, oh, you know, it was like an album. You know, that counts as an album was hot. I mean, the music nowadays, the mentality behind the music is crazy and it's disposable and it's sad. And this dude here, 6ix9ine, he's promoting and pushing that trash music, that disposable music, the music that'll be forgotten in two weeks. Yeah, Gooba's hot right now, hot beat, pretty colors, fat asses, big titties. We see it, we understand the visuals. But two weeks from now, two months from now, is it going to be in your brain? Is it going to be a hit? Like when DMX dropped music, when Jay-Z dropped music, hell, when Ja Rule dropped music, when 50 Cent dropped music, when Snoop Dogg dropped his album back in the day. All of those albums, all of those artists that I just listed, they all have had memorable music. There's nothing memorable to me about 6ix9ine besides his persona, his rainbow colored hair, and the fact that he's a snitch. And on that note, I hope you guys enjoyed today's podcast. Make sure you guys join me for the next one, and I'll see you guys later. Deuces. Thank you for listening to today's show. Make sure you join us again soon. For all the latest tea, make sure you follow me on my social media pages. Just put in L-O-V-E-L-Y-T-I on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube.